Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Do. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who has no idea that I sell bootleg long, cold, dark merch out of the back of my car, Mr. Drew Celestino. Well, and it's got Sabres logos on it, too. You're doing it all wrong, then. You want to sell that stuff on Facebook and Instagram because apparently they don't care about bootleg merchandise because every ad I see on both is for bootleg band or music or sports merchandise often completely smashed together. Yep. Yep. And no one seems to care. No amount of reporting seems to get these things cleansed of the internet, but there they are. Yep. So that's a, that's a crack staff. You got work in there. Facebook. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we're here today. We're. Um, it's obviously it's a it's a sad day. It's a sad week for for. I'm not even going to quantify it by saying geek culture. I'm just going to say culture as a whole. Um, obviously, we're not going to bury the lead. Uh, we did lose Stanley this week, and this this is what our episode's going to be about. Um, but we are going to stand on ceremony for the first part of the episode. Um, and then get to get to our thoughts on that after. Um, there will be no uh, Daredevil episode review this episode as we want to give as much as we can to stand for the guy who gave us Daredevil. Um, on top of that, we just kind of want to savor this season like a fine wine. It deserves to be savored. Yes. So, so um, for the small ceremony we are going to stand on, Drew, how was your week? It's been good, man. Um, Friday evening, um, I had the ROH NJPW War of the or Global Wars, I should say, show. War of the Worlds is a separate. Uh, it's the spring tour that they do. Global Wars is the fall tour. So hopefully, I can go to that in the, in the spring. We'll see. Does their War of the Worlds tour involve Martians? Uh, no. Then they're doing it wrong. Uh, I mean, you know. Then they're doing it wrong. Hey, it's it's English. What can I tell you? The Martians invaded Japan and more of the <laughs> worlds. But but the, but the translation, you see. Go on. All your base are belong to us, you know, in English. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was a uh, very good time. We had ringside seats, and um, yeah, it was a baller show. Yep. Um, the card was a little like underwhelming on paper, but every match completely delivered and over-delivered, yep. so uh, it was an excellent show. Um, ROH is in real trouble uh, because if Cody and the Young Bucks and Adam Page all decide to drop anchor somewhere else... Unite to form Devastator? Uh, Ring of Honor does not have a good pipeline of young up-and-comers to mm. fill that void. So... Yeah. NJPW, on the other hand, has, I think, been doing a good job of uh, prepping for life post-Elite, post-Cody, post-Kenny, post-Bucks. I think they're ready if if those guys should you know go somewhere else. New Japan is in a much better position to withstand that blow. And I, I think, in fact, I think they'll thrive if those guys actually did leave. Okay. ROH, though? N- no. You, bad bad news for I, ROH. I shudder to ask where those guys would go. We don't know. Uh, my gut says not WWE. But where else could they possibly go? Start I, their own federation? I think that might be a thing. 
Um, I don't know what capacity, and I don't know. No one know. No one knows. This is all speculative. But there was that report that came out uh, a couple weeks ago, and it, like it's been kind of shot down by everyone involved. But of course they would, because why would they want to say something until they can say something? Yeah. But there was that report that came out that said uh, the owner of the um, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Sheed Khan. Okay. He's got tons and tons and tons of billions of dollars, and uh, he also owns like a European football team yeah as in soccer as in yeah. you know in, in our parlance football uh so he's got money to burn and apparently he's a fan of wrestling and the rumor the rumor came out or the, there was a report that came out that he is going to be backing a new federation that will be uh also involving chris jericho and jim ross hmm. i have no idea how valid that is everyone's dodging the question yeah. But, you know, again, why would they say anything if they didn't have to? So anyway, um, yeah, I think they might uh, go it alone and see what happens. But WWE, I just those guys for what they want to do. I cannot see it. I just don't see it. They want to. They want to be creatively in control of their of their destinies. And uh, WWE is going to be very much not that. Yeah. They'll they'll be made into just other guys, and they'll be given scripts to read, and have no control over where they go and how they get there. And I don't see those guys going for that at all. So I don't know. Come January, and we'll find out. So anyway, uh, it was a really fun show. We had a good time. Um, Saturday, um, I spent some time down here, kind of getting some. Uh, some music together. I'm starting to kind of um, get my ducks in a row for another Long Cold Dark album, which is going to be a lot more work on me than I originally anticipated it being because now I'm basically doing it mostly myself. So that's going to be uh, a good time. The band's kind of going through a bit of a transitional uh, phase right now. So um, basically, um, I am the band at the moment, and I'm going to you know, I have to assemble all the songs that I've had assembled for a while and actually execute them. But now that I'm not waiting on other people to like learn parts and provide feedback on said parts and things like that, I'm just forging ahead myself. And uh, yeah, I got to kind of get that rolling. So, so you're going to be your own little Trent Reznor. Kind of. I mean, I, I've done this before, um, before the band was really going full tilt like 10 years ago. Um, this, that's how the first album happened more or less i wrote it all and did it all jason contributed like a couple guitar parts um and, and a couple solos but other than that i tracked it completely myself and handed it off to someone for mixing and mastering and there was the first long cold dark record so it wasn't until the second one that it became more of a uh democratic uh band thing and then um you know with membership changes over time that that kind of ebbs and the ebbs and flows of it all you know may make that kind of it makes that dynamic hard to 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 sustain so in recent months year uh if, if everyone if everyone isn't vibing you know on the same wavelength of what they want to do and where they want to go it just kind of holds the whole thing back so you know we had uh a little chat and you know i'm kind of free to go here and go full tilt and not worry about anybody right now so i'm not Alrighty. going to so we'll see how long it takes me to do but just know that uh it's it's more uh 
it's more a go than it was before because now it's completely on me and mentally I'm like ready to go. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. Uh, just getting down here and like playing again and getting some music flowing. It's a good feeling. It's been a couple months, obviously, with the boy. So I've been yeah. a little busy, but uh, I had some free times and uh, that was that was awesome to uh, finally just kind of dip my head back into music world. Um, we also had a Friendsgiving on Saturday evening, which is really awesome. Um Two of four, I believe. Yeah, there's more. Well, if you if you include Thanksgiving proper, yeah, it's two of four Friendsgivings. Um, so great time, great food, uh, great drinks, just a really really good time. Uh, we brought Grant with us to, to this one, and like he got passed around like <laughs> passed around like a, a, I'm trying to think of a, a, a family family friendly. You got passed around like a newborn babe. Sure, there you go. I guess that's yeah. that's what that is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I don't think I saw him for more than 20 minutes for, for the few hours we were there. <laughs> Where is he? Oh, he's over there. Okay, cool. So that was cool. Uh, Sunday, I hung around the house, actually. Um, watched the Bills game, which was uh, kind of entertaining, actually, to a degree, as, as much as a Bills game can be. Uh, they won, which was like, whoa, look at that. Don't get too used to this. It's not going to happen too often. But for now, for now, I will enjoy it. Uh, my sister came over to see Grant. Um, she hasn't seen him in a, in a month or so, so she was excited to see him. My dad came over to see him, and um, yeah, that that that's really about it. Um, playing Final Fantasy VI still, <laughs> still enjoying it. Uh, I watched a little more Castlevania. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. You know. I want to like this show more than I do. Like, I want to. Yeah. But it's, I'm, I'm going to say it. It's really boring. <laughs> Nothing happens for like five episodes. Okay. And I'm just sitting there waiting like, okay, they've been in, they've been in, in Richter, or Richter, Symphony of the Night in the Brain, sorry. Trevor Belmont. They've been, they've been in his basement for four episodes. They haven't done anything. Like, come on. Let's let's make with the with the whipping and the jumping in the in in the, in, in the get that bomber jacket out there. You know, so, yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't have bomber jackets in the fourteen hundreds. Um, Tell that to Simon Belmont. In any case, it was just like I'm like, come on, final, let's let's do some stuff. And uh, yeah, nothing really happens. And then finally, in the episode I was watching just before you got here, stuff finally happened. Like, oh, fighting, cool. All right, novel concept. Um. And Alucard was doing stuff from Symphony of the Night. And I was like, oh, he's got the sword uh, uh, relic. And he, the sword is autonomous. And it swings around in, 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 the, in midair. And it does stuff like telepathically. Oh, he transformed into the wolf. I was like, so I was kind of marking out a little bit. So, was it Barton? He's doing stuff? It was, it was Alucard. And he's doing stuff. <laughs> I was excited. So uh, anyway, but that aside, yeah, kind of a slog to watch that, uh, watch that show. Unlike Daredevil, unlike Daredevil, saying something because that's half-hour episodes, and uh, e- how e- many e- of them are there? Eight or nine, and even even I'm telling you, man, I just I I'm trying, I'm trying to maintain interest, but I'm just like, there's nothing happening here. Like, yeah, we get a lot of backstory on like Dracula's generals and stuff, and that's kind of like okay, I guess, but. I didn't come for the generals, man. I came to see Dracula, you know, yeah. laying waste and, and then, you know, uh, Trevor and, and, and team fighting hordes of undead on, way th- on their way to go kick Dracula in the, in the teeth. It doesn't really happen for a while. They just kind of hang around in Trevor's basement. 
and they they have you know witty British dialogue happening. I mean, is it, is it like a really cool basement? Is it, it like a basement you want to hang out in? I mean, it's a big library kind of thing, so it's you okay. know smells of rich mahogany, and well, yeah. you know, but. Eh. <laughs> Again, I want to like it more. Yeah. Just because, but um unlike Daredevil season 3, which I've been just like cruising through this week. Yes. I think I have two episodes to go. I've yes. watched like two whenever when I have sat down to watch it, it's been like two episodes in, in a row back to back on those nights. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's everything I ever wanted. <laughs> All righty. So how about you? What's going on? How's been the the, the hunt? Uh, job hunt is still going on. Uh, for the first couple of days, you're kind of like getting everything set up yeah. on all these websites and whatnot, like filing for unemployment, getting your profiles updated, updating your um, resume and whatnot. And then after our first couple of days, like it's just checking to see if any new jobs of interest posted, pressing a couple buttons to apply if you want. Yeah. And then... On. it's like it's very it's it leaves me with i would say too much free time on my hands and free time i feel guilty about having sure um so i try to occupy that free time by being as useful as i can around the house doing like any extra work around the house that i can do things yeah. that have been put off that need to be done um so yeah that's that's progressing um are you honing your Street Fighter skills? Dude, I haven't picked up Street Fighter in... Like, I picked it up when Sagat came out. I got Sagat and played around with him a little bit. But other than that, I've been largely just kind of out of it for a long time. You know, I still love the game. I know I'll go back to it one day. But right now, it's just like video games as a whole just aren't, you know a big part of the, the leisure time right now. Mm. And that's, that's nothing out of the ordinary for me. I go through times like that. And, you know, sometimes I go through a time like that where nothing is out or like this, like I go through a time like that when like, you know, Spider-Man's out and other stuff that's apparently really good. I guess the new call of duty is like a significant improvement over what's been for the past, like six or seven years. But I'm just like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Um, but no, Thursday night was X-Wing night and that was, that was good. I even felt guilty being there. I'm like, I'm like, I don't You're, yeah. I kinda, kinda feel like I don't deserve to be here almost. Um, Friday night, you had offered me the ticket to the wrestling yeah, show. Yeah, that extra. Unfortunately, I could not make it because Julie had a, a girl's night thing with a couple of our friends that I'd forgotten about. Um, so my friend Brian came over to the house and we did it old school style. We, uh, he was kind enough to, to order a pizza and we played some, some Nintendo switch old school NES games. Ah, okay. There's a lot of ice hockey going on that night. A lot of Tecmo balls, some, uh, some other random stuff here and there. One of, probably one of the most incredible ice hockey games ever. <laughs> It'll go down in, in history. I won 20 to 18. Oh, my God. Yeah, there is no low scoring. Wow. Because you control the goalie in that game. So apparently neither of you were controlling the goalie very well. And it's a delicate balance of when you decide to stop controlling your players and start controlling the goalie. Right. 
So, yeah, there was a lot of scoring in that game. We got a big brawl uh, happened in the game, and then the game was decided by shootout, nice. ultimately. Um, so that was Friday night, Saturday. I don't think it did much Saturday. Sunday, we uh, had a surprise party for our our friend Michelle. Um, that went off very well. Uh so her husband, Derek, put that together, and we, we had a good time there, and then just kind of came home and did, you know, just hung out, whatnot. So that's kind of what it's been. Nothing uh, nothing too big or exciting, I th- I was, even though I still feel like I'm forgetting something. <laughs> um, so that was my week. Uh, dear listeners, if you would like to... Tell us about your week. Send us any questions or comments to the show as Drew Strokes' keyboard. Um, you can do so at the following locations. You can do so on Twitter. You can follow us at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's do podcast.com. Now, Drew, we do have some emails, but as I mentioned on our social media outlets earlier in the week that we just kind of wanted to people to send any thoughts or memories they had of Stan. Uh, we do have a couple emails along those lines. We will get to those when we enter our Stanley discussion. Yep. 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 Which will be right after the news as we do have some, some news coming out. Um, it was, we found out one of the worst kept secrets, and all of comic television dumb. <laughs> and that's that Jeremy Irons will be playing Ozymandias in the HBO Watchmen series. I think we said that as soon as his name popped up as as, as being on the radar for the show. Yeah. He's playing Ozymandias, Who right? else could he be? Right. Like, he, it, it makes all the sense in the world. And, uh, you know, is it uh, inspired casting? Mm, it's not. I wouldn't say inspired. I wouldn't say it's a, a shocker. But it's like. That's pretty spot on. Yeah, that's and, that's good. And that's what you want. Right, right. Like I'm not complaining about this being like the most predictable thing in the world is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. So, okay. You you gentlemen, you have my curiosity. So, yep. anytime now. What? Give us that that first trailer. Even the first drip of that score. I just want to hear that. Just, just <laughs> give me something. So, yeah, um so that's going to be coming out. We're excited about that and I'm kind of curious as when the gap is going to be between the end of Game of Thrones because the final season of Game of Thrones starts in April. Mm. I think it's only four or five episodes, but they're feature-length episodes. Do, um, do you think that the... I mean, this can't be like an ongoing thing. So I, I wonder... like This this won't be like their answer to their new Game of Thrones, right? Um, I don't, I don't know... It'd be it'd be hard. It'd be to, yeah, it would be. It all depends on obviously the execution. Um, something that has is kind of a well. I mean, it's a sequel, so they don't have the limitations of operating within the defined story. True. Um, so who knows? It might. But at the same time, like the Game of Thrones prequel series is coming out too, which as much as I really? love, <laughs> yeah. Here's, so, it's, so it's not real the ending it's, it's just well no it's like see here's the thing i was talking about this uh with a friend of mine earlier this week i really enjoy game of thrones 
Thrones. I've really liked the series. I'm looking forward to how it ends. Um, then they announced like the prequel series takes place 8,000 years before mm. the current series, AKA the time that nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, like when people talk about Star Wars and like they could do a prequel series of the old Republic and it would be 8,000 and then it wouldn't have ties. To any. Nobody cares, man. See that I wouldn't, I would have a slight interest in only because I love that world. And as we have another news story pertaining to that, um, but with Game of Thrones, it's just like I this so far in the past. Like if you were to say like fifty years before, and like kind of tell the story of the establishment of the families in the Game of Thrones and how things came about that starting Game of Thrones, I'd be more interested in that. But like eight thousand years ago, I, I don't I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> What was it uh uh listening I know we were you listened to it too. We we're uh listening to this week's episode of what is now known as Fat Man Beyond. Uh-huh. Uh mm-hmm. Mark Bernardin said a very good Stephen King quote is that every character has a backstory and none of them are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting uh portion of the show this week. I I dug that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's um so yeah, I'm just kind of wondering where this Watchmen series is gonna fall. In regards to that, because typically HBO just has like their one big flagship series going on at the same time. They generally don't like to compete with themselves. No, right. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I don't know. I, I, they'll probably, maybe they'll wait till Game of Thrones is over and then drop this as kind of like a intermediary um, until they get until they find their next Game of Thrones. Yeah. They, they Maybe they'll just pepper the, the, the network with uh, various miniseries and yeah. see what see what sticks. Cool. It's so, not like there's not enough comic properties that could. could you, I'm exactly. sorry, but you know, yeah. I, there are many properties that I think could be picked up and ran with on HBO very successfully. Saga, Saga. Saga. Oh, if they had the money, Saga would be, would be obvious. Uh, one that that they did they did a pilot for, um, but uh, Destination America or WGN America, one or the other, um, they turned it down. Is Jason Aaron's uh, scalped? They they did film yeah. a, they filmed the pilot yeah. and the network you know said thanks but no thanks that is a very HBO that would story. be that that's that's got HBO written all yeah. over it um but you know we'll see if that that could happen it's not like uh, I mean I'm trying to think of another there's just there's there's a million there's a million options out there um, comics are ripe for the picking yeah uh, part of me laments that I mean I. I Knowing what I know now, I kind of wish HBO would have got their hands on Preacher before AMC did, because the show is you know weird and you know quirky and it's okay and it's in its own right, but it's not the Preacher show I wanted exactly. Yeah, um, I want the Prestige Preacher show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little more true to the source material, but you know. I, Whatever. It's not like these things can't be readapted, but it's, you know, a little soon. But yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a lot out there, so I'm sure HBO can find something to put out. Yeah. So kind of along those lines, uh, the we've gotten some news from the Disney streaming service, the forthcoming Disney streaming service. Uh, this week we got a name. It's called Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> we got confirmation that a Loki show is indeed happening and that Tom Hiddleston is He's on back board. In Tom Hiddleston form. Yes, in Loki form. Um, that's and and the Scarlet Witch show. I can only assume that since if if you're getting Tom Hiddleston, then for this, then those other shows that you said that have been rumored are probably going to happen. Yeah, uh, it's it sounds like they're doing what we talked about. They're yeah, gonna do like these kind of like mini series. Just call it, just call the show Marvel Tales and just like let it. You know, one season it's Loki, and our seasons Scarlet Witch, so on and so forth. Sure. Howard um, the Duck is going to get his due, baby. Oh, he's getting redemptions. Howard the Duck. <laughs> I'd be on board for that. I mean, he's he's there. Let's give the duck another another shot. A proper shot. Yes. No, George, you're not invited. <laughs> the Howard the Duck served its purpose. It gave us Pixar. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. So, but another big announcement came out of the Disney streaming service this, this week, and is that that is that there will be a Cassian Andor series that will launch on the service at some point, and Diego Luna is cast is returning as Cassian Andor. Now, before you go any further, um, let me let me answer all of the listeners of our fine show who just asked who he's the guy in Rogue One who killed the other guy for no reason in the beginning of the movie. And then he dies at the end, like everyone else. Yeah. I mean, he didn't kill him for no reason. Eh. He was going to get captured, and he had sensitive information. Fair enough. I don't remember anybody's name in that movie. (laughs) Well, you only watched it once, and you refused to watch it again, despite the fact liking it. I watched it twice, and it's fine. But I still don't know anyone's name in that movie. I've watched it numerous times. I know all their names. Because you've watched it numerous times, and yes. you're predisposed to this kind of stuff. But to uh, you know, me, it was kind of like, what's his name again? Huh? Who? Oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, that, oh, that guy. He's that That guy's hitting a show. Still my third favorite Star Wars film. Great battles. Excellent battles. Especially the last battle. Um, in fact, the, the, the last battle set the bar so high that I... I I don't. I, it might remain the top battle in the, in the franchise, to be honest with you. It's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. It really is. Um... I, do I need what is this show what is this you know what are we doing here listen you've, you you've said you know I'm in the bag for Star Wars and that that's not inaccurate but, why, but, what, but when I first like, when I first heard the show I was like uh, do we need this welcome like, to my world <laughs> I know everything I've ever wanted to know about this character and like this character served his purpose and was a good character. Um, and then what then, more do you need there? Then I started thinking more about, it. I'm like, all right, if they want to do kind of like, um, origins of the rebellion kind of show, gritty intrigue, spy type show in star Wars. Okay. Maybe that could work. And then I had an epiphany of what's going to get me to watch the show. Go on. Other than the fact that it's star Wars, the, the droid K2SO. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to get more K2SO. They, and that, my friend, is worth the price of They probably buried the lead on that announcement. They should have just said, like, K2SO is getting a show. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. See, see, that would have made me go, like, oh, okay. Yeah. But Cassie and Andor are like, yeah, eh. K2SO. Oh, okay, cool. Do they have money to do that on TV? I guess they do. Yeah, it's Disney. It's, 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 it's Disney. They're just throwing money at it's, it. They have all the money. Yeah. 
Did you hear what Stephanie McMahon said earlier this week? No. <laughs> do I, I, dude, I try not to listen to what she says. She said that she believes that in the foreseeable future, WWE can be as big as Disney. Yeah, that's laughable. Um, that That's absolutely laughable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, no. <laughs> let me just, no. let me stop her right there. Yeah. If anything, if anything. They can't even be as big as Euro Disney. If anything, um, WWE might be purchased by Disney someday. I'm just... That's been talked about in the past in certain circles. Nothing too serious, but I could. There's there is a plausibility to it that it could happen. I mean, that's not based on any information I have. It wouldn't, as I think about it, it wouldn't shock me. Like they're the biggest name in wrestling. Disney just likes to acquire big pieces to add to their portfolio. If they ever just made a call and said, you know, Vince, we're bored. We want to buy your company. Here's a number. I think Vince is at the point in his life where he would just go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the only entity big enough that, that could do that. And there was this little hot rumor about, I don't know, two, two years ago or so, um, that Vince was open to selling the company more than he ever had been before. For a long time, it was never, ever, yeah. never, ever. And then a couple of years ago, these 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 word kind of came out like you know he's he's more open to it now than he's ever been. And then that, that got people talking like well, who would who could possibly do it and you know what, who would the players be and why and at this point with their with their valuation on the stock market which is all inflated which is it's all bull it's, it's such bull crap. But anyway, an entity like Disney would be the only ones viable enough to pull it off. Yeah. I don't know why they would, but could Fox do it? Um, yeah, probably. You're talking. I mean, you're talking a few billion dollars. That seems like it would almost be a better fit. Fox? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know that Fox wants one to the, get into the, the business. Isn't one of the though. shows going over to Fox right now? Yeah, SmackDown goes over in uh, 2020, and that's why the stock is so overvalued because the TV rights get just got purchased and. Yeah. It's all. Don't get me started, man. It, it, to me, it's all it's wack, it's wacky. It doesn't make any sense. The product is bad. The met, house show numbers are down. Merchandise numbers are down. <laughs> Everything is down. Ratings are down, but they're getting record numbers of money, amount of money for television. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Why is this happening? How are you failing upwards continually? <laughs> Anyway. Oh, oh, Drew, Drew, Emma Drew. doesn't like it either. I can hear Drew, her. Yeah. What's the th- we just, I just remembered a news story from this week. So to kind of close out the last story, Cassie yeah. Nandor. Cassie Nandor show, yeah. We're getting a prequel series of a prequel movie. Yeah, um, yeah, prequel of the prequel. Uh, Drew, 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 who just got hired to run the new XFL? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that. Doug Whaley, <laughs> former Bills GM Doug Whaley. Carl, that's not even the best part. Man. That's Keep not going. even the best part. Keep going. Hang on. I need the. Keep I got oh, you're, you're, I'm so glad you brought so, this up. I'm so happy. Oh, God, you I can't believe I forgot this. This brings a much needed smile to my face. This is just the best. Hang on. Oh, I gotta get man. The, I gotta this get is quote. like. Where is, is the quote? Where wow. is the quote? And if Emma could calm down, that would be great. 
Um, but she won't. Let's see. Um, where so are you? So the XFL is coming back, yeah. not in pog form. No, in in, re- in reality form. In in really real form. Um, oh, here it is. I got it. Okay. I got it. Okay. Oh, this is so good. Cite cite the source. Uh, this is. I mean, this is all legit. This is coming from. Uh, Bleacher Report, um, and, this, and and there was a press release that was given, you know, uh, and in the press release, here is here is XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck, father of Andrew Luck, mind you, of the NFL's in, uh, Indianapolis Colts quarterback. He is the XFL Commissioner. Every time Andrew Luck speaks, he sounds like he's chewing on a baby. He he might be. I mean, okay. anyway. Uh, XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck said the following based on re- the following regarding Whaley's hiring. Based on his passion for all aspects of football, his intellect and vast experience as an NFL general manager, hang on, it gets better, we believe that Doug is the perfect choice to lead the XFL's football operations. The quality of the on-field product is paramount to the XFL's success, and Doug, who is tech-savvy and a firm believer in analytics, brings football credibility and a strong worth ethic to the team. <laughs> <laughs> At which point I, I I I dropped my phone and I said, "What world are you living in?" He couldn't use analytics with one team, much less a league. What are you out of your mind? He was a disaster. Oh, that's so good. It's just like nobody cares about this besides us, right? Just so you, just so you know, yeah. there's, there's our listeners in like other um, cities and states are like, what are they talking? Who, who is this yeah, guy? Doug Whaley is the former GM of the Buffalo Bills, who and was he so completely inept at his job. Oh man! I mean, when he, you get fired, fairness, when you get fairness. fired by the Bills, you've reached a new low in life. Not necessarily because the Bills owners don't know what they're doing. So for some for some of them, it's it's actually a blessing. Um. But Doug Whaley is not one of those guys who is no. being held back in any capacity here. He was, no. He, he, yeah, no. So that, that was that was fun. That was hysterical. That gave me a larf this week. Oh man! All right. Well, what else do we got? Uh, boomeranging back to Star Wars, a little more centric to me than centric to you in this one, Drew. Um, the Wave Three of X Wing Two Point was. Mm. Um, was announced this week, and to quote Yoda, begun the Clone Wars have. Uh, okay. This is when they're introducing the Separatist faction and the old, um, the Galactic Republic okay. faction. So they introduced, there's a, kind of like a starter kit coming out for both factions and then a couple expansion packs for both of them. Um, it, they, you know, I've always, I always did like the ship designs in the films. It's kind of cool to see, like, you can kind of see where certain things came from and the ship designs were cool and and functional. So I'll be interested to see where this goes. Um, I, you know, obviously I can say right now, not having a job that I won't be, they're not a day one purchase for me because I'm not purchasing anything like that right now. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I need to see a little bit more because now it's getting so like either the end of this month, beginning next month, we get the first order and the resistance factions. So all those 
older ships will be usable again in the game. And they've released previews of those, and they look they look fun and whatnot. But then when these come out, which is reported to be first quarter of 2019, um, that's seven factions. It seems like game. a lot. Well, you can approach it in one of two ways. You can approach it and be like, well, this is kind of going to dilute the the water or whatnot or or it gives players maximum freedom to yeah kind of build how they want to build more options are better sure um the way they have 2.0 set up that you know you don't have to buy ships and other factions to get cards that you want for your ships is very that lends itself well to that um so we'll see i mean traditionally up until this point next wing i've just kind of bought everything yeah because i have a problem I, I warned you about this problem. And, and I've said before, there are worse problems to have, Drew. There are worse problems uh, to have. Sure. As I stare over at a pile of guitars. Um, You're not wrong. So, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll kind of... I'm interested to see where the game's going to go after this. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So, what else do we got? Was there, like, one other thing that we're missing here? We are. Um, we got, just today, our first teaser oh. of Toy Story 4. We're kind of all over the board with news <laughs> today. We're going no, it was a hectic week. Yeah. Um, I don't... I have the palette of tissues ready, man. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Did you see the teaser poster? No. With Woody? No. Oh. Oh, get, wait. Yeah, it looks very somber. Yes. Dude, I'm not ready yeah. for this. What, 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 what are they doing? Well, okay, and I know you're going to roll your eyes because this was part of the you know conversation we had earlier in our chat with Alan, but they kind of took this approach when Cars 3 was coming out. It seemed to be like a very dark tone in like the preview poster and the early teasers were all just of like the Lightning McQueen character crashing and they're saying like, you know, stuff coming to an end and whatnot. And then Cars 3 turned out to be, in my opinion, the best one in the in the series. Um, so I don't know. It's it's like you said, it's Pixar. They have a lot of good credit built up not yeah. perfect credit no they've had some misses couple um cars well cars we'll one and cars three are fantastic cars two is like why that's how i feel about the whole franchise but but well it's not it's we, not we, we, your, we, we've discussed that it's today. not your thing it's not in your wheelhouse no that's no, it's and not. that's fine but it's really because not. it's not your thing doesn't make it bad i mean anyway um, but but still, they have a very strong catalog. So, so if they say they're making Toy Story 4, I'm going to trust them. Even though Toy Story 3 pretty much... It ended so perfectly. Pretty much. Like, it was absolutely perfect. Why do you want to go back and mess with that? Because they want they, they weren't done wringing out my emotions. <laughs> they want to <laughs> wring them some more. Like you've got more in you. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for a good cry. Uh not ready for it no i'm not no 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 i'm not not yeah. ready for it it's like you know what it's like this is like this is what people this is this is why women watch this is us <laughs> addicted to that cry it's emotion porn it's all it is <laughs> but for me i have toy story <laughs> and i want it but i don't but i do 
So like does the does the movie end with like them all being separated at some toy convention, you know, being bought up by uh, or just, you know, you know, tossed into a garage sale and thrown to a shoebox, never to be seen again. It's ultimately the See, I don't want to see that. That's that's the wrong way to go, man. The yeah. right way to go is what they already did. Andy hands him over to a, to a new kid. Yeah. 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 Fingers crossed, yeah. man. All right. Well. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. Or maybe they'll just finish the uh, the incinerator scene. Oh, God. Dude, don't. <laughs> this, no, they, they already. I mean, you did it once. You got me. You're not getting me again. <laughs> Even if you, even if they pulled the trigger on it and actually followed through with it the second time around, you already tricked me once. I, that's not going to have the same resonance. So they have to come up with something else to, to make me weep like a baby again. What if it was like <laughs> at the end, just like just Buzz or just Woody alone going down to the incinerator? It, it's going to be. I, it, yeah, I don't, it's it going to be something like that. Just, just watch. fades to black before the last moment. Yeah. <sighs> We'll see. We'll see. I'm re- I'm ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> anyway. Hashtag ready, not ready. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. All right, so I think that pretty much brings about our news to a close. Well, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. We, we've been kind of all over the board, but it's been, been that kind of week. Uh, normally here is where we wrestle the papers and get into um, our episode breakdown of Daredevil. But... As we mentioned earlier, uh, the I, I said to Drew uh, before we started recording tonight, the, the show we always knew we were going to have to do but never wanted to do, uh, and that is we remember Stanley. Yeah, we lost Stan. We yesterday. lost Stan yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, 95 years old. Um, this doesn't feel the same way it did when we lost Carrie Fisher. Well, with Stan being ninety five, it's you know again, like you said, we were sh- ready. It, it's you knew you know you you yeah you knew it was going to yeah. come eventually, and we you know that we're definitely closer to the end than we were yeah. the beginning. And um, I really, you know what though, after all, after all he went through in the last year, especially you know all the all the all the the the, the weird shenanigans with his handlers and his family and and all that stuff. I, I hope that now that it got settled, I was like, you know, maybe Stan's going to pull through this and maybe he'll make it to 100. He's 95. He's yeah. hanging in there. But, you know, they they usually say uh, when you're when couples are that old, once once a spouse goes, the, the, the spouse, the other spouse does not last long after. Yeah. And after he lost his wife, that was what that was. I think that was think within was this year, year, maybe last year. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, Stan. Stan is no longer with us. What I mean, what can you possibly say? Yeah, there's. Uh, we're remembering Stan, and I got news for you, folks. We're not going to tell you anything you didn't know. Um, but and you brought up this point to me when we were discussing this. I'm like, that's true, but sometimes even the obvious is worth sure repeating. Because like you know, when someone who had this impact on society. Yeah, it's amazing to say that because, you know, it's easy to say impact on on, you know, comics culture or whatever. Yeah. Dude, it, it, 
comics culture is pop culture, which yeah, that's is like, culture now. That's that's the ground zero of where his legend began as comics. Yeah. It just like kind of sprung out from that. Just like his impact just I, on on storytelling. I think and not only that, like and you know, his his legacy his legacy is Obviously, everyone knows Stan Lee as the creator, co-creator, as you, you know, read the fine print, folks, co-creator of uh, many, 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 many yeah. Marvel Comics characters. And there's always going to be that complicated legacy of, you know, how much, how much did he do versus other people, etc. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to talk about that specifically today, of all days. But what you, what, the thing about it is... Like that guy in that medium with that voice turned something that people were like, I mean, comics could have been dead and, and forgotten after, yeah. after the fifties. Like, yeah, there were like you three know, times these, in his lifetime that comics could have died off. Sure. And two times where it almost did. Yeah. And like, it, you know, at the time Marvel comics came to be, man, like, DC was like the old guard, and the, the Justice League was getting some success. Yeah. But like Marvel Comics, it's it's easy, it's like we take it for granted now with with them being uh you know mega blockbuster movies in the sixties when Marvel was founded, it was like a sensation. Yeah, it was like a cult thing that became big. Comics got big again because Marvel Marvel came to be and was telling stories that no one else was telling in a medium that. People like laughed yeah. off in the fifties. Ten years, just ten years prior. Yeah, Marvel was a phenomenon, and Stan. You can say whatever you want about Stan. You know, he did this. He didn't do this. He treated this guy bad. He was the voice. If nothing he else, was, he, was, he the was, voice, was the one driving the driving the force. Yeah, like his personality sold those books. Yeah. And and made that all of those disparate titles under one roof. He gave him a common voice. He gave him a face and a voice. Yeah. That people latched onto, and he treated them like they were his friends, and he treated them like like you, the reader. He made you feel like you were part of a club, you were in the circle, yep. and you were you were in it. And this this guy, he was already in his forties, yeah, and like he got a second crack at life, and like he ran with it, man. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, unlikely. It's it's the most unlikely friggin' story I can you could think of that this guy. Did that the circumstances that it all came together that this guy made all that possible? Yeah. It's insane. It's you know what it reminds me of is like if you think of the film uh, The Founder. Yeah, like we I watched that he was movie. Kind of evil. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say evil. It, you know, he took advantage of others' laziness. Um, I watched that movie that I recommend to you, and then the, like the one thing that. I told you about, I was like, McDonald's is so commonplace in our lives and ever since we've been alive that we didn't ever realize like how much of a revolutionary thing right. it was when it came out. It's the same way with Marvel. Like it's, it's kind of secondhand to us because we've heard the story so many times about like, you know, how he was getting ready to quit and his publisher asked him to do one more story before he left. And, you know, Jones said, just do the story that you've always wanted to do. And that story was fantastic for, and yeah. you know, that was the big bang of what became known as Marvel. Um, but 
how revolutionary it was at that time to make characters with flaws, to make characters with feet of clay, to make a teenager who is normally always regulated to the role of sidekick the main hero. Yeah. Um, It's just... And when you think about it, like, having... Having tried my hand at writing and realizing how difficult it is to write one good story, even exponentially more so difficulty it must be to create a character who stands the the test of time and survives generations. Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster did it once with Superman. Bill Finger did it, you know, with Batman, but to create as many characters as he had a hand in and steer them and and, and steer them, them and guide them is just it it's so far like when you do the roster in your head and for us it's commonplace because we've like you said we've grown up with this stuff but when you think about it fantastic 4 the Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man, Iron Man, X-Men, The Avengers. Daredevil. Daredevil. That's just like, that's the tip of the iceberg. Those are the marquee characters. There's dozens upon dozens of characters. Supporting cast. Who have endured. Silver Surfer. Throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Doom. Yeah. And Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. And just like the fact that one man had a large part in the birthing of each of those characters is is so astonishing. Yeah. That's what I, I just, like I said, man, it, it what a unlikely story. What an un, like Yeah, it's it's a pure American story. And not only that. Not only is it like completely unlikely, but just think about like, okay, he struck gold in the '60s with this thing. That could have been it, but for whatever reason, that guy's voice and personality and guiding hand led him to be that like the face of of the medium for for all these years. Yeah, you through can, the '70s, you can through make, the '80s, yeah, to, you can, to now. You can make the case that the greatest cra- character Stanley ever created was, was Stanley. <laughs> it's not that's not wrong. Yeah, because he just like I first interacted came to an understanding of Stanley not through comics but through Spider-Man and his amazing friends because he would voice the intro to every episode mm-hmm. and just that that voice that such distinct voice <laughs> um and you know later on after getting in comics kind of learning who he is and then you've got like the stand soapbox and which that's been shared a lot in social media uh since yesterday yeah sure um, has what a, i mean again this guy who's already like what a creative visionary way ahead of the curve on social issues yeah. way ahead of the curve what man like what a what a guy what a cool he's, guy he's <laughs> up there with like he he's up there with like you know and i don't think 
I don't think I'm blowing it out of proportion here. He's up there with like Thomas Edison and Steve Jobs and absolutely. Like, just look, look at look where Marvel is right now. I mean, just just think about that. Again, yeah. this is all built on the back of I mean a lot of people, but but Stan yeah. was the face and the voice, and he again the guiding hand. And in the seventies, and he left Marvel to go to L.A. He was championing TV projects. Yeah. What came out of that? The Spider-Man series, which no one likes, and the Incredible Hulk like, series, which I we all the, love. I like the Spider-Man series. Oh, yeah, leisure suits. They and, did what they could. They, with I know. What they I had know. At they, the tri- time. they tried. Yeah. But they got but the got sad the, Hulk music out. Got of it. the Incredible Hulk series. You got you know a couple other you know television specials, and at some point it comes around to X-Men. Yeah. In two thousand. Yep. You know, another X-Men crack at Spider Man series, another crack at Spider Man, and like then the, where then the floodgates brings open. us to where we are now, and like, yeah, you always see, uh, even up until the last Avengers film, I'm sure we'll probably see it on the next couple films. Executive producer Stanley, yeah, now we know he didn't do anything on those right, films other right. than show up for his cameo, but it doesn't make a difference because his name is just as deserving to be on that as anyone else's and ironically like this guy loved the fans he really did because up until a couple years ago he was doing pretty much every convention he could yep and this is that point now where folks he doesn't need the money no he's got a seven figure payday annually from marvel for the last little while i mean yeah. Again, the, the stories coming out about his his the hangers on and whatnot being what they are fine, but he didn't need yeah. it. He was there at every convention. He met you know everyone he could. And everyone his, says the same thing. They said he was just the most friendly, yeah, welcoming guy you could ever imagine. Surprisingly enough, before before his death, I'm not sure quite sure what his death will do for it, but his autograph isn't worth that much because there are so many of them out there, <laughs> like. What was it um Dave and Adams had a, a copy of like a print of the cover of Amazing Spider-Man number 1 autographed by Stan Lee and they're asking $300 for it and I'm like guys you're asking way too much money yeah. for that cuz there's no, the market like I can go get that same thing for half that price but, but it doesn't matter but like, that's yeah that doesn't matter it's it's because of his love for the fans that there are so many autographs out there and just like he how he just championed comics through its darkest days. Like in the in the fifties, you know, the medium almost died off. You know, the the book, the the seduction of the innocent, yep. almost killed the comic medium. And it was just hanging on by a thread, and then in the early sixties, Stan comes along with Fantastic Four. Boom. Marvel. Boom. They begin the Silver Age of Comics begins. And then in the nineties after the the collector's bubble bursts, um, the medium almost dies off again. Yeah, and through both those things, stands there kind of like carrying the flag up front for comics. And we were talking about you know we were kind of getting into this, and I I remarked that I'm still trying to think like will we ever have anyone like that again? No, I don't think so. No, we won't. With that with that voice and that that uh, the the personality, the voice, the the whole thing like. That Stan Lee is comics. Yeah, like, we just, if anything else, just because comics don't work like that anymore. No. Um, 
they're all corporations now, and corporations aren't going to let one person become that powerful. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but even just, that aside, though, even, just, even that, if they yeah, pick that somebody, aside, even if they, you know, there's nobody I can even remotely think of yeah, that, that, can, not, that could carry that role on. Yeah. It, it, there's nobody. I mean, the only name that comes to mind, and but but it, it, he could never do it in the same way, just because of his of his personality and his uh, other work is, is like Kevin Smith. The only guy I could think of that's like when people think of him, they think of comics, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's he just would not he the would same have thing. to stop and just devote himself hundred percent to comics, to right? Kind of even begin to come close to that role. I don't think it's something he'd be interested in doing because no. that's not a mantle he'd want he's to take He's a great up. advocate, but yeah. he's not the, he's, he's never been the creative force in the same way. And again, like, you know, his legacy is tied up in other, in movies of quality, depending on based on, you know, whoever you might personal be. taste, personal taste. And not only that, you know, they're not kid friendly, obviously. Whereas like Stan was just, Stan was, yeah. Stan cared about readers of all ages. In the 60s when Marvel was doing gangbusters, guess what? It wasn't just kids that made it go gangbusters. Marvel was hot in colleges yeah. because the stories they were telling were out there and mm-hmm. they were really progressive and they had bigger messages that DC and the Justice League and stuff weren't really doing. Yeah. And that's why Marvel became a sensation because it was topical, but kids still loved it and adults loved it too. Like Black Panther. Black, Pan- Black Panther alone, dude. Dude. Black Panther, um, I did, he didn't. I don't think he was part of Luke Cage's creation. No, but he was gone uh, by then. But he was definitely part of Black Panther's creation. And, and um, look where that look. I mean, yeah. look no further now. God, yeah. But someone had to create it. Someone had to do it. It was Stan. Yeah. And in a time when a black like you did not do a black superhero, right? Like you, in his own book. Yeah, in their own book, you barely did black characters, mm-hmm. let alone a black superhero, let alone a black superhero story set in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, just astonishing. It, like I said, way ahead of the curve. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know that, that, that welcoming, charming personality and voice. It, like there, there's nothing like that. Nobody. Yeah. This is nobody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I said, I thought uh, long and hard. Actually, I got some texts from some, some people and and I do appreciate the the sentiments. Text me as asking me like how are you holding up? I'm like, you know, it's, it's not gonna lie, some tears have been shed and it hurts, but you know, we kinda knew this this was coming. Um but just like how you never felt bad hitching bad hitching your wagon to him. Like that's that's the guy right there. That's the guy that's leading the way, the general general Lisimo as he referred to himself as um, and like the people would associate you with like that culture, that thing. And to know that this person passing away and obviously it's getting mainstream media coverage because oh, yeah. this, this is an, it's, it's a term that I don't use a lot. It's an American icon. Absolutely. Lost. Um, and that doesn't happen often. There's there's like very few times when you can stand back and say, you know, that's that's an American icon right there that we lost. I think it's happened maybe I think like Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the the last one. Maybe Steve Jobs. Um Dale Earnhardt for me, definitely. Um but 
like yeah and like we obviously we can fill shows shows just talking about stan's professional accomplishments but when it when it boil what it boils down to is what his impact on us personally um is and i was thinking about that a lot yesterday and you know i'm very much a a chain thinker one concept leads to another and i end up like if i step back and examine myself who i am uh personally today who i strive to be you know what i feel the best version of myself could be who had influence in guiding that and if i were to make like a top five list of people who influence who I am and who I try to be as a person today. Number one on the list is Jesus Christ. Number two on the list is my father. Dude, number three on the list is Stanley. <laughs> because like his his interpretation, like the hero's journey was nothing he invented. Um, that's been around since the days of like the Iliad and the Odyssey and things like that. His interpretation and presentation of it through for me in particular spider-man spider-man's the the a1 example man yeah and stan was very adamant that spider-man be uh the everyman hero who always tries not always not always succeeds yeah but tries to do the right thing yeah and like through his interpretation of that through spider-man laid the groundwork for my moral compass and that moral compass has guided me throughout my entire life. That moral compass, you know, led me to my faith. That moral compass uh, just continues to guide me to this day. And so to like really sit back and realize like that man had that much of an impact on my life was really, I don't want to say surprising, but like still kind of like, you know, for lack of a better term, surprising when I sat down and thought about it. And dude, think about this. You're not alone. <laughs> no. God no. Like, how many do you know how many lives that, that dude has in, in indirectly affected? <laughs> like, I got into comics when I was a kid because Marvel comics were awesome. <laughs> like I picked up an I, I saw like I don't I couldn't even tell you about the first one I saw, but the first one that springs to mind is the issue of the Hulk, Wolverine's claws. Yeah, was Hulk is reflected in him. Like and, and I was like, what? What's this? Yeah, the McFarlane cover. The McFarlane cover. Yeah, and then boom, I'm into comics. And my uncle, my uncle who passed away about 15 years ago, uh, he was my like guide into Marvel comics because he lived all that stuff. Yeah. When he was a kid, that's when Marvel came to prominence. Guess who his favorite characters were Thor, Dr. Strange, Spider-Man, Captain America, Silver Surfer. These are all Stan, Stan had a hand again yeah. in the, so I got, I got a, a, a big education from a family member who, who got the, the education early on and yeah. it just continues. And like, comics have been a part of my life ever since yeah like your and, son and, and is named came, after a comic writer yeah like, yeah yeah go figure it's um yeah like and that and this guy this this guy made all that stuff happen yeah like man that's i what more can you what, what more can i tell you and think about and then and now and now 
as if like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 37. Well, 36. I'll be 37 next year. Uh, that's before these movies came out. Even, yeah. Okay. Now these movies are out making billions of dollars, billions of dollars globally. Yeah. It just his legacy just spreads further, it's, and it's going to keep going into the ages at this point. Yeah, it's unreal. It's strange when you think about like kind of the era we're in right now, the phenomena of the films. Depending on what generation you came from, like for us, the films are kind of like the the championship for the long suffering fan. <laughs> yeah, that I mean this is the title run. This, yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, like for the people that are discovering these characters for the first time, you know, I'm glad that, you know, even though we don't have Stan anymore to really guide them along, that we're here to kind of guide them along should they want it. Yeah. That kind of guidance. And I've come across numerous people who have wanted that kind of guidance. Like, you know, where where did this come from? Where can I get more of this? I've steered so many people into comics, and I hope I can do more. I, I anybody that, and, and, and that's another thing. Like, when people think of comics now or this kind of stuff and they want answers, I'm, they, they come to me. Yeah. It's cool. Like, it's I, like the, I'm happy to help them. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the the biggest concern, the biggest thing that sucks about being unemployed right now is not being able to provide, you know, financially for my family. Um, you know, we are in a very fortunate situation where, you know, Julie has a very good job. And um, But the, the other thing that, like, really sucks about it is, like, all non-essential spending stops. Yeah. So, like, past couple of weeks, I haven't gotten any comics. And that... You know, I didn't think it'd be such a big deal, but that's that's yeah. that kind of hurts, man. I yeah. just like because you know you take them for granted when you have them, and then you don't have them, and you then miss you them. You know, I'm really like, oh yeah. So um, yesterday and earlier today, I mentioned that we were going to do this episode, and I asked anyone if they want to share some memories or some thoughts on stands to send us a message. We did get a couple. Uh, first from uh, Troy Teague. Uh, Troy says, "Growing up, I always knew Stanley's characters, but I remember around '94, my first time seeing Stanley talk about his contributions to the X Men comic." And the X-Men animated series. It was on, and get ready for a serious flashback, because I know you're going to remember this. Um, it was on a promotional VHS that was given away at Pizza Hut. Oh, wow. Uh, same one that the four-player X, that had the four-player X-Men arcade cabinet. Uh, the tape had a behind-the-scenes feature on it that was my first time seeing him and hearing the iconic Excelsior. Um, it's sad to hear of his passing, but it has been truly been a privilege enjoying his characters in the comic gaming and cinematic medium. Uh, thank you guys for all you do on your podcast and for this chance to share my Stanley memory, Excelsior and Wakanda forever. Troy, thank you very much for your email. We appreciate it. Uh, the second email we got was from uh, one of our younger listeners, Mr. Brendan Budnick, who's written in the show before. Um, Carl and Drew, what was your favorite Stanley cameo in the MCU? Oh man, there's so many. There's so many. There's oh, so many good God. ones. God, and the supercuts have all gone up on YouTube now. Yeah. like everyone ever. Yeah. Um. 
Um, okay, so we we both kind of said before the one in the the uh, the Amazing Spider Man, despite that, not being MCU. Is, yeah, is, that to me is his overall his best one. Yeah, his, my favorite MCU one. Yeah, is Tony Stank. I was gonna say Tony Stank <laughs> ranks pretty Stank. pretty high. That though, and the one with um, where he drinks the uh, the Asgardian stuff at in, in Age of Ultron. Yeah, yep. Um, that was pretty good. And uh, let me try it. Oh, I mean, there's. I mean, we're there there's so many. Great. There's so many. They're all great. Do um, you remember his cameo in Trial of the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, as, as a, he juror? Was a juror. Yeah. <laughs> um, or in uh, Guardians Two, when he's he's revealed talking to, to be, Watchers, talking to Watchers, and he's kind of revealing that he's been there all along, and he's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I mean. I, there's so many great ones. Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man one. And it's funny because he doesn't say anything in that one. He's just a librarian uh, just yeah. filing some books away, wearing headphones. There's this huge, like, very Marvel fights going on right behind him. You know what one, though, is uh, taking on a whole new meaning? What's that? Uh, I'm, you, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, I, think it's, I think it was an Amazing Spider-Man 3. Or no, I'm sorry. Spider-Man 3, where he talks to Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah, and he just says, "I guess one man really can make a difference." And if you just isolate that clip in that context right there, it's like, "Yeah, ah, uh, Stan, <laughs> Stan, why are you? you're you're underselling it, buddy?" Right? Yeah, to say that you made a difference, you sure is, can, is such an understatement. Um, yeah, man, it's it's going to be tough to imagine comics going forward without him. Comics will be okay, but like I said, man, who's, you know, where's that? Yeah. We, we always had a champion. Yeah. And now there's, we don't. There's always the, the patriarch. Yeah. Um, he was kind of always there as like, you know, and I know many will not agree with the statement, but he was always there as kind of like the final say-so on things comic-related because he had earned that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, man, it's going to be tough for the next Avengers film when you see that. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I know for Stan or RIP Stan either. I hope, I mean, I hope they do it before. Yeah. Film starts and just, Let, just we'll so see. you remember like where, uh, man. Yeah. It stinks. It's, I said, I said to you before we started the show, he didn't die. He just got bored and went to another dimension. Sure, sure, sure. He's sure. Stan freaking Lee, man. He's got. <laughs> if anyone has the power cosmic, it's Stan Lee. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Like he's he's chilling somewhere with Doctor Manhattan and going. You did a couple good things here. Let me show you what you could have done better. And put your put your put your junk away. Put your junk away. No kids want to see that. <laughs> Wrong franchise. But either way. He did some DC work. Less, yeah. The less said, the better. But still. Yeah. Not anyway. That, not everything he did was perfect. No. Um, no. By, by no means. By but no it means. always had heart. Yes. And, and again, that, the charming personality. I'll, and, I'll take heart over perfection any day of the week. Right. I mean, I want to keep talking, but I think it... I think we've said yeah. everything you want to say. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know end of a memorial service where you don't want to quite leave because once you leave then it becomes real right um but yeah that's uh 
that's what we got. So, uh, Stanley, uh, thank you. As, as really sums up best, just thank you. And wherever you are, uh, know that whenever we read a comic, we'll be thinking of you, sir. And just thank you. So, all right, folks, that does it for another episode of the devil's do. We thank you very much for joining us. Uh, if you would like to send any questions or comments to the show, you can do so. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at devil's do pod. You can go to facebook.com slash devil's do pod. Like our page, you can email us at the devil's do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's do podcast.com. Drew, that being said, any last thoughts? Uh, as Stan would, uh, always say to, uh, all of his friends and fans, uh, all I can really offer up here is Excelsior, true believers. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs>